1: Hello, cool Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we dissect that exciting classical result from last night as Barca are now 12 points clear of Madrid. Before we dive into today's show, a quick word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com slash barsa now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com slash barsa. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Group void we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right.
1: Last night, Barcelona got the 2-1 victory in the last minute. And Troy Cadet joins me as he was there live and in person. So, Troy, how are you doing? Bon dia. Bon dia.
0: <laughs> I'm doing fantastic today. Amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, you were lucky enough to go to the match. You shared some great video in our WhatsApp group, which was awesome. Your first impressions about last night. Now we are, you know, the next morning,
0: kind of with that hangover of last night's victory. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the so far from when I've been out and about this morning, the the city is still a buzz from from that game, and uh, it was like I was putting in the WhatsApp group. You could feel, you could feel the buzz. You know, Friday, especially, and then going into Saturday, you could just feel the environment. You could just feel the uh, I mean, there was a, millions of people here. Like I've, i it's, I'd never seen this many people here before. And uh, chants always were, you know, would randomly break out across the city wherever you were, and people were just ready. You could, you could feel it. So uh, I knew that it would be, uh, you know, an incredible atmosphere in the Camp New.
1: Was this your first Classico?
0: First Classico, Yes. Oh yep. wow.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. So let me ask you, you know, there's been a lot of this feeling outside obviously on social media that tonight, last night felt like a final, Uh, the way maybe Barcelona approached it and maybe the way Madrid didn't approach it. How did that feel to you in the, in the Camp Nou last night?
0: Yeah. Oh, the crowd for sure. The crowd for sure. I mean, even the buildup, like, you know, walking into the stadium, we took a train for about half the way and then got off and, uh, actually, we walked through some neighborhoods. It was about a twenty-minute walk because I just wanted to experience that walk mm-hmm. up. You know, to see what it was like, and in the build-up outside the stadium was was amazing. You know, they had the flares going. You know, down some streets they were chanting. You know, there's a couple blocks away. You know, a couple, in either directions, there's you know little restaurants and and uh, and bars and things like that. And they were all full. People were all you know out in full gear, uh, Barca gear. It's funny because you know when you come here. Like one of the things I was telling my family is, you know, on a regular day you don't see a lot of people wearing Barcelona, you know, mm-hmm. jerseys or anything like that. Like you just don't. It's super cosmopolitan here, and here comes, you know, here comes Sunday, and then that's all you saw were Barcelona yeah. jerseys, people wearing them all, you know, everywhere. So it was like a, it was like a complete uh, turnaround. So, uh, but you, you could feel it. I mean, we got there really early, uh, just because obviously. You know, we didn't have anything else to do, and sure. uh, I wanted—I wanted to see the whole environment. And I thought that we would be. I, I knew that there would be some people there before us, but uh, there was—I mean—so many people already there. Like four, I think we got there about four hours before the before the the match started, and uh, incredible, just incredible. People everywhere.
1: So let's get into last night's match. Obviously, you know, we were talking about this prior. Uh, to the build-up of just what we were expecting to see. I definitely thought that Barcelona would be much improved to what we saw in the Copa del Rey first leg, just because we were a little bit healthier. But let's kind of pinpoint some of the matchups of last night, and especially, again, Arahu and Vinicius. And Arahu again, shuts down Vinicius. Obviously, Vinicius you know, gets credit for that goal, but that was so fluky of the way that happened. Yeah. I don't know if you were able to see the replay of that, but... Arahu last night, again, just locked down Vinicius. Vinicius was super ineffective last night. How was that watching that in person? And just like me when I was uh, at the Camp Nou a couple of weeks ago, how impressive is Arahu in person?
0: Uh, the dude's a beast. Well, and I and I saw him driving out, uh, you know, out of training on Saturday. So I, I saw him there, so I thought that was pretty cool. But on the pitch, my God, he's a beast. I mean, the, the dude is huge. You know, first of all, he's a big guy. And the speed, you know, there's a lot of times where it would look like Vinny was going to get around the corner on him, and he would turn and get there before him. And I was just like, "How? I mean, how can a guy that big be running like that?" And just physically dominated Vinicius the whole entire night. I mean that that's that's why he that's why Vinicius can't play against him because he just physically gets up on him and just pushes him around, and it's uh, uh, unbelievable. That that own goal happened actually right in front of us. We were looking right down from our corner, right on that. It was super freak uh, play. I mean, it was just uh, you know just probably one of the well, it's one of those Madrid things, right? They just kick the ball at a guy's face, and it just happens to go in. I mean, it totally totally Madrid. But but outside of that, just completely owned the whole night. I mean, he just owned him. It was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and on that goal, like Vinicius was celebrating as though he. Was 100% knew that was going to happen, and again, I you know last night he had two shots and you know they're very ineffective. And I think when Madrid is completely out of that option with Vinicius, they have to look for something else, and they weren't able to do that until the second half when it was completely wide open and going back and forth. But you know, for I would say the first 65 minutes, Barcelona's defense had them had him in check because every time, like you said, every time he tried to make that one corner move, Araujo was always there, ready for to block that or to have him pass it off. And he had to pass it off many, many times. Any other matchups that you saw there that in person, maybe we didn't see on TV or something that stood out for you in the matchup of last night's Classico?
0: Yeah, I was, when we were walking out we were talking, you know, with people about man of man of the match and obviously you get the goal scores that are up there. But for me, Frankie was everywhere. Frankie owned that midfield like I haven't seen him do in a a long time. And obviously, you know, Madrid's got players that are aging and things like that. But he was everywhere on on both sides. He was roaming, you know, uh, Busquets is, you know, somewhat staying, you know, in the same, you know, general area like he normally does. But Frankie was roaming everywhere because you know, Gavi was trying to push forward. He was doing his thing. So that leaves a lot of open area for, for Frankie to, to move around in. And on both the offense and de- defensive side, he was everywhere. And I uh, a thing just uh, was on Twitter probably about 10 minutes ago that showed, like, you know, how that's his the heat map of where he was. It's the whole area, like from box to box, the whole middle of the field. It was for me, he, he was the man of the match, incredible player. Um, not so much a, a matchup per se, but, but Madrid's midfield, they just couldn't, you know, he was moving around so much that they, you know, they couldn't man mark him with one person per se. Yeah. And he was moving that they had troubles understanding where he was going to be because, because he had such freedom to to move around. So watching him was, was amazing last night.
1: Especially when Ter Stegen was in trouble, Uh, Frankie was always the outlet for him at the beginning. And I think another wrinkle to Frankie's game lately is that I think Madrid playing defense is always anticipating Frankie to go short, right? Just like any Barca midfielder, rather than taking the 1v1. And I think Frankie taking those opportunities where, like you said, he was going from box to box, but when he did, he chose the right moments to take the 1v1 and go up the field. And by doing that, all of a sudden put so much pressure on Madrid's defense. And I have to agree for me, man of the match goes to Frankie Young because I think he was so vital in so many of the counters that we had of when we were dangerous, but also most importantly, just leading those attacks because the other person that did not have a good match last night. And this is again, when it's at this elite level for me was Busquets. And I know he was at fault for a lot of plays last night that literally went the other way for counterattacks and to me, I I can't imagine if Kessie starts last night, do we have a better coverage in midfield?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that we do. And, you know, I've been critical of Busquets too. I've been trying to relax on that a little bit because he is a club legend. Obviously, I want to give him his, his respect because a lot of guys in the WhatsApp group give me flack for it. He had a couple – he did have a couple good defensive plays in key moments, but when – when we were pinned back you know deep into our side you know he he stepped up but there was times where we were trying to like you mentioned we were trying to move the ball forward and he just make these errant passes that were like what are you like you, I know you're you you see the field probably better than anybody and I know that he's scanning all the time I was watching his head move around the whole entire game and you know but he would just make these passes and then obviously he had that Uh, you know, very bad defensive play on, obviously the goal was disallowed, but on that second half Madrid goal where he tried to take like a big step, like way up the pitch and just, and there was no, there was this green grass behind him. And it was, uh, of course, that was like really bad. So it's like with him, it's a one on, it's a one-to-one right for everything that he does good. He does something bad and that's really not, you know, obviously what Barca needs long-term. I think we've talked about it so many times, you know, Chavi's still going to give him the green light to go in. Would Kessie would, I think in my, my opinion would have given us a, a better, a better player on the pitch last night. I think that he, he has the ability to go box to box where Busquets does not. Um, but I don't think that we'll see this year. Certainly we got to see what happens with this contract yeah. moving forward, but I don't think that you'll see, you'll see Kessie get too many starts over Busquets just because of who he is. And, and Chavi's trust in him, I think that, I think that he's decided I'll, I'll take the one to one. Like I'll take the good and I'll take the bad because, you know, in hopes that we get more good than we get bad. But he he definitely was, like I said, with the exception of those two, he had two or three plays. You know, one he did like a one eighty turn. Yeah, it looked like his younger years. You know, he was like, whoa, whoa, I haven't seen him do that in a while. You know, you'd seen him do that before. But you get those plays, and then like I said, you get the really bad ones where we're we're really lucky. It, it, he, um, Asensio was totally offside. There's no argument there. But if he played that right, you know, that yeah. certainly they would certainly would have went up two, one and might have been a different game.
1: That's the thing is in this type of Barcelona now, right? This this team right now, we are not, especially against higher caliber teams, we're not having the possession of 80% like we used to yeah. back in the day, right? This, yep. these type of matches are more back and forth counters and this, and it just does not suit Busquets's yeah. ultimate skill, right? That's, that's really what it comes down to. And last night we saw that on display, especially in the last 10 to 15 minutes where he had to, you know, we would go on the, on the attack and we would lose the ball and then it's all of a sudden going the other way, right? And if that happened for a five minute span where it was going back and forth, back and forth. And that's where, a younger person maybe like Kessie gets that and we sub up who gets and we get better coverage you know and this goes to my next question with with Gavi uh, because Gavi I think had an interesting match last night I think he he did some good things well but man he needs to calm the f down because <laughs> he is losing his mind off this off dumb things you know and I know yeah. I know I know it's a lot of pressure he's still young I I got it yes. but at this yeah. at the same time you know we've seen the clips now of him going and looking for Ceballos right in the back like <laughs> yeah. a cheap shot but on yep. top of that just just some of the the aggression i feel there's a time and a place for that and i think yeah. he still needs to find that because again the looseness of how he plays he's ultimately going to rack up yellow cards and miss matches crucial matches where we absolutely need him to fill that void in the in the midfield
0: yeah, there's that. And then uh, uh, something that I certainly noticed being able to see the entire pitch last night is he'll take himself out of position. He'll take himself out of position to go out of his way to go do something that he shouldn't be doing. And so, yeah, he, he's, uh, you know, I love the kid. Let me, I'll just put it out there. Like he's one of my absolute favorites. I love the, I love the heart and the intensity that he puts out there. And quite frankly i think this barca team needed somebody like him to that can like you know get everybody going uh you know to the to the intensity level to match the opponents but like you said how many yellows has he gotten this year where it's like dude that was just really unnecessary like you didn't need to do that how he didn't get it a yellow for going after Ceballos, I don't know because it was clear as day, and the whole crowd was just going ballistic after he did that too. So it's like how did, I don't know how the referees, like you know, all three of them didn't even the fourth didn't see what he did because it was crystal clear what he did. I mean, he turned all the way to his left and went right after him. But like I said, he 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 takes himself out of the play. Yeah, he's off trying to he's off trying to you know do superhero things. When you gotta you gotta be become a smarter player and think like okay if I take myself out of position is that gonna create an opportunity for the other team to counter attack or create a goal scoring opportunity by doing that? Again, I'll say it. I, I hope that I'm sure that Chavi is trying to get him to settle down, and I and I think that he is somewhat, but he he has uh, a lot of steps to go to yeah. maturity to, to get there for sure.
1: You know, it's it's one of those things because last night in the in the match commentary, they went to the sideline reporter and she said, Yeah, Chavi's here yelling at Gavi to calm down. And I said, Maybe we needed like a red flag, you know, on the sideline to like let him know to calm <laughs> like the F down, down, right? Because this yeah. is the thing, you know, yeah. I I honestly think, you know, maybe if there was a veteran above him, that Gavi wouldn't be getting all this playing time. And so maybe, yeah. you know, we're kind of in a in a in the situation where we absolutely need him because obviously he's you know one of our most important midfielders going forward but at the same time you know there's no way to kind of quote unquote punish him for these kind of actions where he can learn because he's continuing to play you know with a younger yeah. player usually with this amount of aggression that's going on a coach or a manager would more normally sub him off and make him learn from that experience but since we don't have that luxury you know, yeah. he's basically learning on the fly. and he just has to watch out because that could have easily been a red card. I mean, it should have been a red card for the way he yeah. just you know went and and looked for him out of the play. And like you said, i'm I'm yep. really curious
0: again of how it was missed by the referees. But well, again, let me if, if I can add to that real quick, sure. you know, I, I was looking then for I was looking back to the Busquets thing and not uh, mm-hmm. like I'm kind of counter counteracting myself here. Where I said I wanted to lay off them a little bit, but <laughs> at the, like at those types of moments, I was looking for leadership out of them. I wanted to see, because I've always blasted them for not yeah. displaying leadership that you, but again, I can only see the TV view, but I watched it. You know, I obviously was there physically watching it. And those are the moments where a captain goes up and tells him, Hey, you got to You have yeah. to stop. We need you. We cannot be, you know, go down a man and have 10 verse 11. We need none of that happened until Kessie got on the field and he got on the field and he barked out. He, he was pointing, not barked out. He pointed more directions in the, in the small amount of time that he was on the pitch. than Busquets did the whole entire game. And I can't let Frankie off the hook here too. Like Frankie's a veteran too. Like he, he, he can be doing that as well. And I didn't see that from him at all. So, you know, those two need to take a little bit of responsibility and help cooling him down because, you know, they're in, in the same positions, uh, they're, you know, that's their, that's their unit or whatever. So, you know, they're the leadership on the, on the pitch. They need to, they need to set on down and Lewandowski for that fact too. He's been yeah. here long enough now that they can all co- go to him and say, cool it. Like, chill. We need you. We need you for the whole game. Don't do anything stupid.
1: Yeah. It's amazing to me because, you know, especially like, for example, Frankie has enough experience on this team. He's gone through the transition. And I would expect him to be more of a leader, especially since yeah. he's such a good player, but maybe it's just not his personality. And that's
0: yeah, again maybe, one of the yeah. things,
1: yeah, in the scouting of these players that we need to find a couple more leaders because that goes to let's talk about Frank. You know, Frank is now becoming a classical legend with that own goal in the Copa <laughs> yeah. del Rey. I mean, he, you know, even though that goal is not quote unquote credited to him, he made that play happen with the with the play. And last night, just I mean, I don't know if you were able to see the replay, the millimeter. That he was able to get that off over Mendy's foot is really impressive. But again, he was in the right position. Let's just talk about that goal because the yep. buildup was beautiful. It was on a counter. And, of course, Balde and Lewandowski team up. And Balde just – that the, the, the style of pass that he was able to – if you watch the replay, he actually looks up. What, what a novel idea, Troy. What a novel <laughs> idea. He looks up and yeah. points it yeah. and sees it and then puts yep. the ball perfectly and Frank – with a nice finish, and I imagine, you know, obviously I was uh, going crazy because of, you know, obviously the time and everything. I mean, how was it in the state? Was it just, you know, in all your sporting yeah. uh, events that you've attended? I'm sure it's probably going to be up there for you.
0: Yeah, it's probably the top. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I've seen a couple of games that end in a end in a you know last second, you know last second victory or score or whatever. But with everything that that I experienced, and obviously it's the freshest one. Just the just the way that the crowd was going and, uh, you know, the the electricity that was in there. And of course, the goal happened right in front of me. So um, and, and the whole a couple of things and the whole night I had been barking for Ball day to take that corner. For some reason, he he would not take the corner. He would not take uh, he would stop like he would get the ball he'd move forward a little bit. And he would not take Carvajal on. And I couldn't understand it. I'm like, why are you not taking that corner? So finally, of course, it was, thanks to the back heel by Lewandowski, he was, you know, finally brought it in the box, but I don't understand. Maybe, maybe Chauvin has told him not to because of the defensive liability, not to push it forward. And, and luckily on that play, he did. Cause I mean, he's the one who makes the assist and you know, brings it down to the box and, and makes that assist. But, Uh, That place, I mean, it was like a champagne bottle popped, you know, uh, or top popped off. Like, I mean, it was crazy in there. They were trying to light flares in there, which is a big no-no in the camp news. So, of course, they, you know, they're rushing to put them out down in the supporters group. It was fantastic. I mean, people, uh, the one thing, you know, uh, maybe I'm going off on a tangent here, but the one thing is like the crowd never – there was just a few times where, like, they got quiet. Like, yeah, after the stopped, first time yeah. Madrid scored, yeah, we had to, like, you know, people were kind of more griping, you know, than anything. And then they then they ramped back up and got back into it. But that whole second half, of course, right after, the course of course, that goal got disallowed and then that place was going crazy. And then it was, like, the momentum button, like, totally switched. Like, we were pushing hard. Because, uh, you know, prior to that, I could tell, like, Madrid's going for the win. Like, they, sure. they want this game. Um, and then, like, they, they deflated when the, the goal got disallowed. They, they were kind of in um, chaos, and, and we, you know, kind of took advantage of that. But And the other thing I was going to say is the whole game, I was trying to understand the difference between how is Madrid score so many goals? What do they do differently, ver, you know, versus what we do? And they're always – they always have guys running into the box. You know, if, if it's a corner, if they're, you know, if they're pushing to the middle. There's always guys moving to the box. And that's why I typed in the WhatsApp group. We still have what I call messy syndrome. We're trying to force it to Lewandowski, and, and he's trying to do his thing. He's trying, to, he's trying to be too fancy. But we don't ever have anybody else running into the box. And here comes Kessie here comes with this style, right? Busquets isn't going to do that. Or Roberto, you know, that was a good goal that he had, but he wasn't really running into the box either. Frankie's off doing everything, you know, from box to box to, to move the ball around and play defense. So who else was going to fill the void? And, Ke- and Kessie does that, you know, versus the, the other two. So that's why going back to what we started, we were talking about him about would he have made a difference in this game? I absolutely think so because we had we had crosses, we had good passes. We just didn't have enough people that were that were yeah. crashing the box to to get a goal, and look what happens. He comes on and scores just a few minute, moments later doing that exact same thing so um yeah it was it was it was amazing though I mean the place just went it just erupted
1: i mean it definitely i would have to say for the last couple matches on t v you could definitely hear the crowd was way into it, especially in the beginning when yeah. they they sung to him and and everything you could just tell it just felt more important because obviously it was Liga and everything. Now you, you transitioned perfectly for me because I want to speak about Lewandowski. Now on Friday's show I spoke to Roy about Lewandowski and how we were kind of expecting him to deliver the goods now on the big stage. This is why he came, right? He wanted to be part of this event, this classical event. I think obviously take away the back heel assist build up play, but like you said, I think there is this new, this new idea that he's coming to try to help the ball. All the time. And I just don't understand what the purpose of that is because, uh, as I was asking my friend last night, we were watching the match. I said, when you think of Lewandowski, do you think of quick feet passing? I don't. (laughs) So I don't know why. I don't know what he's doing. And also, (laughs)
0: he's not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And also, the other thing, he's not really that type of traditional back to goal striker that holds the ball perfectly and dishes it off yeah. you know that's not really his thing so I don't know what is going on lately where he is trying to get involved in the build-up because like you said when Rafinha breaks free and he looks up there's no one there you know when Gavi's breaking yeah. free there's no one there because Lewandowski's trying to show in the middle and I just don't get it I don't know if you saw it more in in person yep. but when I saw it in person too I, just, I don't understand what's what's the purpose because his main goal should be to push that center back Pocket and give more space to Frankie when he drives in, and that's just not happening. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's he's holding way way up on the top of the box. He's trying to. We saw. I mean, everybody watched the game last night, and obviously the last I'd say a handful of games. He's trying to well, a couple of things. You know, he's trying to do tiki taka, right? So he's trying to receive the ball and do a little, a little quick pass or whatever. The problem is, is the the whole night they Madrid usually had two guys by him. They weren't like completely man marking him where somebody was on him the whole time, but they'd usually have two guys like within we'll say five yards of him on either side. So anytime he got the ball, he always had somebody on him. And that's not that's not his that's not his game. He he's he doesn't have the the Barcelona skill set of, you know, the touchy the, the touches and the passes and the receiving and the things like that. So we're and I'm and I just don't know if that's because we think that we that, that you know Chavi thinks that they got you know we need to bring him back further because like what we already talked about nobody else is filling that spot obviously Pedri would be, and that's Pedri's that's Pedri's you know go to that's his area right there and where he makes things happen so I think maybe the game plan is you know until he's there you know Lewandowski's got to come a little bit deeper and, and get the ball but it's it's just simply not working it's just simply not working because he is not a let's take on a guy type of player. He's a guy where you're hitting him in stride, or you're hitting him, you know, hitting him, you know, uh, you know, in a pass where he can go up and get it and shoot the ball quickly. That's who he is. He's not a guy like I'm not gonna. He's not gonna stand, you know, toe to toe with somebody and, and try to make a move on him and get around him. That's not who, that's not who he is. He he can't do it. You I physically saw him last night. I'm like this guy cannot. He's not gonna make a move on anybody here. He's you know he's got to he's got to use angles and things like that to to be effective. And by having him come so deep without having anybody else moving forward, there's no one else for him to to play, you know, triangles with or angles yeah. with. And so it's just not working. So I think it's – my gut says, it's, like I said, it's just a holdover until Pedri comes back. And then I think that maybe we see him go see back that. to what he was doing before. I, I hope I'm right. Um, but I guess we will. I was hoping to see last night, obviously. Uh, Pedri was one of the main players I certainly wanted to see. But uh, we'll see him here shortly, I think. The thing too is – it's
1: such a weird chemistry that's happening with Rafinha and Lewandowski because at one point it seems as though they never played with each other. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking back, especially on that counter where they crossed each other and they passed it off, and it was just uh, and everyone just moans, right? This yep. idea of not understanding who the player is, and this goes with Rafinha and Lewandowski. For example, there was a pass where Sergio Roberto gave to Rafinha. And he's playing it to his feet rather into space, right? And I just feel like we don't understand our attacker's qualities. Because, for example, with Lewandowski, I'm not going to put it into space because he's older. He's not going to be able to beat people 1v1. I want to give it to his feet so that he can do the turn that he's normally done all his career or put it in a way where he can shield his body and get a shot off. And I just feel like this this attacking chemistry still is is off because – it's now, you know, we're now in, uh, in March. <laughs> you know, this is not October where you could say, "Yeah, it's going to come, it's going to come. It's been a lot of matches with Rafinha and Lewandowski, and I still th- feel like they don't know each other's best attributes and how to, you know, they don't have that non-physical communication that goes on with, with wingers and strikers. And I, will it? I mean, <laughs> when yeah. is
0: it going to come? How many more matches do we need? <laughs> yeah, any time Madrid was an attack, it felt fluid anytime Barcelona was an attack it felt cluttered it yeah. really did it felt like it felt like you know how many times have you seen like a youth team or something like that where you you can tell they've just started playing together you know they have talent but they don't they don't know each other yet they don't know each other's motions and, and movements and, and that's exactly what it felt like last night for Barcelona like there's no connect like you just said there's no connection whatsoever like they didn't they weren't like oh i know that you know he likes it on his left foot here he likes to do there was nothing there was just like like they were like okay i wonder if this will work and then they you know they'd make a pass or make a move or something so yeah i don't i don't know i don't know if they if that's something that they are not practicing or not working on but there's definitely no even with even let's just throw the using the pedri as an excuse let's throw that up the window there's definitely something to miss on that front side for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I think about all the high quality attackers that have come through Barcelona in the last 15 years, even on the counters, there was always a feeling that the talent was so good. They could figure something out on the fly. You know, you're just playing free yeah. form football, this type of idea. And I just think Rafinha and Lewandowski, for whatever reason, it's just oil and water, you know, the way they want to attack. And, and it's, and it's so weird because you, you, Those are the opportunities where they should be, you know, salivating, taking those opportunities because they're really high quality. And every time I see it now, I'm more surprised if they even get to the box, (laughs) you know, because if they get to the box, it's like, okay, we got to the box. Let's try to do something because more times out of not, it's not even getting that far because of a screw up of a pass or a run or something. And it's happening quite often. And last night, you know, especially when, when we were down one, nothing, where we were having those opportunities, and you're like, oh, just, it was never building up. And so, I don't know, there's still something off. I, again, I know we're really dependent on Pedri, which is, I mean, he's a great player and everything, but still, we need to, you know, I, again, when Pedri needs rest and so forth, we're going to have to figure out some situation where That's right. our attack, because ultimately, our goal scoring is
0: so down right now. It's so yeah. down. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it just felt so cluttered. Like they just, like they had, like I said, it almost felt like, you know, the beginning of the season and the whole, you know, the whole front line was like new players and they just needed time to, you know, work with each other and get a feel for each other. But here we are very deep into the season and they should certainly know, you know, know how to play with each other by now. So that that is something that is worrisome.
1: I mean, still Lewandowski has two goals since the World Cup and one was a penalty kick. I mean, so those are, you know, he's definitely in the drought right now and he needs to break out because it's not he's not not getting opportunities still, because last night he still had some clear chances where he could have. I mean, he had the one shot early. That was a really nice hit. But again, you know, he had that volley and I know it's a volley. It's hard, but that's why we brought him. You're Lewandowski. Yeah. You're not just some guy who's, you know, off the street. You're, that's why you're that's Lewandowski. Right. But let's, yeah. let's finish off with some flowers. Obviously, uh, two flowers for me. The defense continues to play oh, at an enormous man. level, especially, especially last night when it was so much chaos in those last 15 minutes where, <laughs> you know, we were, we were like the damn, ready to break, but we were still able to hold it. But the other person I want to highlight too is Christensen because you know, we talked about his entry into the team at the season. It's like, okay, this is kind of a weird signing because at Chelsea, he was average, above average. And I yeah. don't know if, as we talked about with whoever is playing in that position, as long as we have Balde, Kunde, and O'Rahu there, that defender can just focus on positioning and not worry about balls behind because of the speed around him. But anything stand out for you about Christiansen last night, again, another solid performance. He does everything you need him to do as a defender. And yeah. again, he, he was able to shut down Benzema pretty much for the whole night.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you already just said it. The guy was always in the right position at the right time. Never makes mistakes. That's the biggest thing about him. He does not make mistakes. He's just rock solid, you know, and um, like you said, you got the other guys, you got the speed and you got the you got the intense guys around him whenever we need to shuffle them around. Um, And he's just always right there. Rock solid. I mean, talk about, you know, this is the club that he's wanted to play for his whole entire life. He grew up a a Barcelona fan. And, you know, sometimes you get people like that. They're like, man, this is where I've always wanted to be. And they just, you know, there's just the right fit for them, the right feeling that's like they've, they've made it and that's and that's his case like i mean he talk about just uh, i'll just say i mean barcelona was just absolutely lucky to <laughs> to get him in and lock him yeah. in for you know no signing for a free transfer and i'd expect to see him here for you know super long time because think about it i mean barcelona was still talking about trying to get you know some additional center backs in that january window Yeah, but i don't think that they you know you know even early on in the season had the expectations or understood like how good he would be for us. But we will just talk about that back four in general. Like we went from having a back four that was in shambles, you know, last year and even the year before to look at them now. And with the caveat that I still think that we need a, a, a traditional, you know, right back out there. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, at, I, would I still agree. think that, I still think that Kunde should play that spot, you know, a lot of people want, but that's the, that's, but let's say they find, you know, like Arnold M- Martinez from Girona, and bring him in or something like that. We, ha- we have one of the, you know, we could have, and, and they're getting there. We, we could have one of the best back, you know, back lines in, in all of football. And, you know, I already think right now that Araujo and I've been saying it for the last six months is top three, if not the top center back in the world today, you got Koundé, With you know his only his only caveat is you know sometimes he just loses his footwork he just looks like he gets a little bit confused that's just something that yeah Yeah. concentration whatever whatever it may be he he played great last night you know one of the main things that I saw for them and one of the biggest problems that Barcelona's had you know as they had that defensive uh, decline like the last three to four years is you know you talking about the uh, the offense we are talking about these guys are the exact opposite. I saw Koundé and Araujo switch so many times because of where, you know, Vinicius would go and it wasn't like pointing. There wasn't any pointing needed. There wasn't any yelling. There wasn't anything like It just happened. They just did it. And then, you know, if, if Araujo needed to go out wide, because Madrid was trying to do some, some trickery out there where they were trying to pull Araujo up and then, and then overload on that left side a, a couple of times. I don't know why they didn't do it more. Uh honestly I was like, why they should be doing that this whole game and probably would have worked, but they didn't. And um, and then again, Christensen would always be in that right spot too. Like he would he would recognize where they are and he would just shift over into the middle. Ball they would come and shift in or they'd shift out, whatever. I mean, they look like a well-oiled machine. And obviously, you know, the results that they've given us for this whole entire year, you know, speak volumes to where they are, but uh, you know, I mean, it's just unbelievable to me, like the the difference that a that a year and a half makes, or even yeah. a, even a year, we'll just say yeah. even a year, like for six except months. for when <laughs> yeah, <six> months, yeah. <laughs> except for when Chavi goes and with his brilliance and puts you know Alonzo in there, uh, yeah, ruins yeah. the whole thing. But but obviously, I understand you got to rotate players; I can't play every minute. But uh, watching those guys, it was it was like artwork last night. I mean, just the way that they moved and and communicated without having to verbally, you know, or you know, physically communicate was amazing it was really amazing
1: yeah and that's the thing like i i you know why you were speaking about this i was trying to remember i i was seeing the exact same thing it's it's this ability to cover and speak without speaking right and that's what you need to do yeah. on defense and that's what the attack needs to follow suit with with this understanding this chemistry that hopefully will evolve and hopefully happen quicker the last flowers i want to give is obviously Chabi. i mean through the ups and downs of the season, obviously, with the European turmoils that we've been critical about what he's been doing and so forth. After all this, uh, he's won three Clasicos in a calendar year, which is crazy. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: And again, like I was telling my friend last night, there is just something with this team that we just match up really well against Madrid. And that's just a fact. <laughs> yeah. and that, regardless yeah. of, you know, what the rivalry is and stuff, just on paper and on the field, because think about it. You know, a couple of weeks ago with the Copa del Rey first leg, we brought out the hospital team, right? The the team yeah. that was holding on for dear life, and we were yep. still able to get a victory somehow, right? And now yeah. I, I believe that gave us the confidence and momentum for these next Classicals because now we are becoming a stronger team. And you saw it last night. We were able to have more possession, even though it was, you know, a little bit closer. But again, you know, in after Madrid scored, we saw the team just have that confidence where they were able to put it together and especially get that goal before half. And again, you just got to give Chavi credit for last night's uh, performance again, because ultimately, we, you know, there's all these kind of metrics that we measure, right? It's La Liga performance, Champions League, and then obviously the Clasicos, and
0: he's hitting two out of the three right now. Yeah. It's amazing what a victory against Real Madrid brings to you though, doesn't it? It's like <laughs> everything's okay. <laughs> For sure. As, you know, as long as we beat them in, in the El Clasico and especially in what it would be arguably one of Barca's biggest games in the past. I don't even know how many years you want to go back. I mean, this was a bi- everybody in this area was talking about how big of a game this is, like what it meant, what it meant, like a, a victory tonight. It was almost like a stamp of approval. Okay like yeah we've already beat them a few times this year but here we are at home you know we we that means with the victory that la liga's all but tied up right you know Madrid's still moving on in the champions league but you know we can beat them it was like all these feelings all wrapped in one and um um it it was just like you forget like the you forget the you know how frustrated we were like with the with the man united you know, uh games or whatever. And sure. and certainly uh, you know, I think that we obviously still have some holes on this roster. We still have some aging players. We still have young players. If you really if you take a step back and take yourself out of the emotional, you know, seat and take a look at our squad, there's still things that need to, you know, take place for us to really compete with those top teams and albeit Man United was had scored more points, you know, coming out of the World Cup, you know, break than any other any other team in the in the uh, in Europe. And, you know, we were one goal away from, you know, tying them or, and, and seeing what happened. So we were right there with them right there, the hottest team. So, so yeah, what, you know, here, obviously, you know, in, in Barcelona, all, everybody, you know, when I, any conversations I had, all they cared about was La Liga. They just beat Madrid, yeah, yeah, beat Madrid and win La Liga. You know what I mean? They like here, they, I would start to talk about Europa league and they just, it was totally dismissed. Like yeah, yeah. it was like, How disgusting! I mean, (laughs) 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 like, don't even go there, you know, American boys. So, um, so it's funny. So, yeah, I mean, that it's so obviously. If we're if we're looking at you know Chavi, and if we're looking at has everything been a success, you know, for this year, and how are we feeling moving forward? I think all, all everything points you know to positive, right? Like they, like we said, they've all but wrapped up La Liga. I, I, and I, it's like 99% yeah, certain yeah, yeah. That, they, that they will. I mean, I'm sure they will. Um, and then we'll, we'll see what happens with the squad. You know, in this off season, there's um, a, a player that would, I think would like to come back here and, and change some dynamics of the, of the squad. And I think that we probably have to do some sales and we'll see what happens. But uh, everything I think is certainly looking on the up and up and, Chavi has some learning to do with you, and I think I think he is learning. I think he is learning, uh, but I think that what he he's he's for the most part, you know, putting you know his best uh, eleven on the pitch that he can, you know, depending on what's going on outside of those, you know, that first Man United game where it was it was pretty questionable. But um, yeah, but if you're if you're a Barca fan listening to this, you have to be you have to be encouraged and you have to be like, I think, you know, we're on, we're on the, we're on the way back. Are we at the pinnacle yet? Absolutely not. No, But we're certainly, we're we're certainly on the way back.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Thinking about that starting lineup again, Manchester United, I mean, imagine if Balde starts that match, right? I mean, that's just, (laughs) that just gives you that confidence about that team going forward. But anyway, I mean, all is right in the world for today, you know, especially Nasi Kule and just having the bragging rights because ultimately Sure. Uh Madrid can have the bragging rights of the, the Champions Leagues that they've won in the last 10 years. Great. But we have such an incredible record against them in yeah. that. And that ultimately is a better bragging right. right? I mean, that is the ultimate bragging right. We have yep. we have a matchup here against Elche the coming uh weekend. So Barcelona get to rest and kind of ride high. And then there's a the classical of the second leg, which I'm really excited about because, you know, as I told, I, I just think this team is, is trending up. Hopefully, we'll get Pedri back, and that'll just give us another push in through that midfield to even have more effectiveness. And again, it's at the camp. No, and we just, we're able to just play much better as the team against Madrid. So, how much longer are you going to be in Barcelona?
0: So, uh, we just, today will be our last full day, and then we fly out tomorrow midday. So, we're certainly going to enjoy our time here.
1: Yeah, for I mean, we're on a video call right now, but uh, Troy is on a rooftop terrace right now, and Barcelona right. looks very yeah. good on you, Troy.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I know it. I already told my family, I, you guys can go home if you'd like. I'm not, I'm not going back. I'm, just, I'm staying right here. They're going to have to peel me out of this city. <laughs>
1: well, thanks for finding a moment to speak about last night's Classico and sharing your experience. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.